0: the lollygaggers podcast we'd like to recognize tomatoes for their wealth of vitamin c and k their potassium and their apparent aphrodisiac qualities In this episode jeff backs street masters on kickstarter and starts reading about ravnica while justin continues titans and catches up on disney news both lollygaggers then break down the new horror film overlord before ending with the gentleman's challenge Right, welcome to episode number thirty-three of the Lawless Gaggers podcast, a show about all sorts of different things, from comics to games, movies to TV. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the other one, Justin. How's it going, buddy? So I went for a walk with my dog uh, a little while ago, and I was waiting for you to finish uh, finish raiding. It was like a nice long walk. My my wife was on the phone with her mother, and uh, you were you were raiding. So my other wife was busy too. Uh, so. So there, there, my dog and I are, we're walking down the street We're we're, we're maybe 45 seconds into our walk. And I look up in the sky and I see one of two things. I see either a shooting star or an alien, a UFO. It's pretty I awesome. Want,
1: I want to believe.
0: I, uh, so this, this is what I did. First of all, I hope it's an alien. And then secondly, uh, for my wish for the shooting star, I said, I wish I just saw an alien. And uh, there you go. That's so two birds like... with
1: one stone, friend. I, exactly. I feel like I got everything
0: everything taken care of there. There's no there's no loopholes, no uh, no drawbacks there. I'm I'm think I'm think I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So anyway, any anything interesting happened in your life this past week?
1: Uh, no. I was able to take a nap every day, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> wrestling starts up on Monday, so that's over with. Uh, so that stinks. But uh, other than that, kind of an uneventful week uh just uh washed a whole bunch of my hero academia and that's that's about it that's about it right there did you did you work did you did you have to work this week i did but i have seventh period planning so i can like leave a little early and i can go home and fall asleep it's great it's a great time but it's all gone now nice because now i go into my next season of sports and i am a wrestling coach I'm on that wrestling pool (laughs) so that's
0: how it goes cool I just did some uh, major training uh, at uh, at work to to be a a web editor for our department, and I was really just doing it to get like a couple pages fixed because it was taking way too long for uh, to editing to get fixed. And so like I start getting all these these emails from these different people, two or three different people, being like, "Hey, congratulations!" Da 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 da, like like super. It's like I just had a baby or something. It was so strange. So you said, did it and so i sent out a message and i'm so like oh man this seems like a real exclusive club i've suddenly joined like do we do we have do we have matching jackets i hope we have matching jackets and um uh, people didn't like my uh, sarcasm so oh, that's weird who would have thought know, it's, it's really strange i mean some Great. of them loved it and then others didn't so uh you know what are you gonna do anywho One, two, uh, so yeah I've got some news, uh, some stuff uh, dropped this week. We, You and I, we've been talking for a little while about doing a kind of a little bit of an actual play or some live play podcasting going on with uh, with RPG, getting you in our RPG group to do some stuff. And mainly we were interested because of the Ravnica setting for D&D 5th edition Yay. that was announced over the summer. And I am happy to say that as of two days ago, because uh, we were recording on Saturday the 10th, it dropped on the 8th of November, so it dropped two days ago. Uh, on D and D Beyond, we now have access to the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, uh, and I've started to go through it. I am not all the way through the book, uh, but I've started going through it. There's quite a bit of stuff, um, lots of things that uh, about the different guilds, because that's that's the sort of the biggest departure, I would say, from previous um, books that I've read, and it's and like and, and just D and D in general is that so much of the setting is like baked into. Uh, these guilds, so it's like the, these ten guilds of Ravnica that represent the different colors of magic, right? And so there's the Azorius Senate, there's the Boros Legion, there's House Demir, there's Golgari Swarm, there's the Gruul Golgari, Clan,
1: what? Golgari?
0: <laughs> there's the Is it League, which is my favorite. There's the Orzhov Syndicate, there's the Cult of Rakdos, there's Telos Naya Conclave, and then there's the Simic Combine. And it's like so much is like wrapped around it. And for the past few months, uh, as we sort of been playing with this idea of doing an actual play. I uh, I've been trying to to get a whole mess load of lore and trying to read as much as I can. I even tried to play Magic: the Gathering Arena uh, just for the sake of maybe you know learning some stuff from the cards and like that, but didn't work out that well. So anyway, uh, I started reading the book, and uh, I'll go ahead and I'll invite you to uh, to D and D Beyond as well, so you can actually see, like, you can get in our our uh, our campaigns. So you can actually, I can share my content with you because I have all the the gm stuff going on uh but there's lots of different things um so in terms of races I, I when the when the preview came out i talked about the races that made it that that they were considering and so they finalized uh the races that are going to be in the game uh for and so it's it's actually there so there's humans uh, obviously there's elves there's centaurs there's goblins there's loxodon which are basically el- elephant men uh, there's Minotaurs, there's Simic hybrids, and there's the Vidalcan, which is basically, uh, what's his name from, uh, uh, what's that? What's that? Hellboy. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the, his like friend, a, like Blue. Th- yeah. Oh, they're merfolk. Yeah, that's what they look like to me. I, I think they're more than that. They're just big, skinny blue people. Um, but those are the main races. Uh, the traditional races of D&D that we've come come across don't like... Not I shouldn't even say traditional races, but things like dwarves and things like uh, uh, like uh, Goliath and like Furbog recently from from Volos and stuff like that. Those aren't really in baked in here unless you're you're treating them as if they're from a different plane. They're like characters for or races from different plane, but in the the basic world of Ravnica, which is a, a city, which is a planet wide city essentially, uh, they don't actually exist here. Now there's some cool stuff I think in character creation because one of the the I don't want to say challenges, but one of the things that you have to consider when you're when when well, I guess I should say when we uh, are considering to to build this, is we have to figure out the party makeup, right? And it's not just in terms of class, but we have to kind of consider it in terms of guild, which is something that they uh, they talk about, like because certain guilds are a little bit more adversarial to one another, and certain guilds are more commonly aligned and certain guilds don't necessarily thematically have a whole lot of crossover so you wouldn't necessarily bump into one another so you have to figure it out more from a perspective of like narratively why are these things going to be coming together right so there's a couple different ways in which the the book suggests people decide on like their guild um they can pick whatever the hell you want really but there's a really interesting questionnaire uh that's quote called what's important to me and i wanted to to walk through it with you because uh, it's uh, it's basically a flowchart. It asks a series of questions, and then that flowchart directs based upon your answers uh, to like different locations. And I was I figure you know one of the things we can mess around with right now for a few minutes uh, is just seeing kind of where your uh, your brain lies, where you, where you might be leaving uh, leading to. Go carry, so, go carry, go carry, go go so go. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Go carry, go go go. The first question is what's important to me, and these are your choices for answers: uh, nature and science. That's that's answer A. Answer B, learning other people's secrets and keeping my own. Uh, And then answer C is society and community.
1: Nature and science.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. So question number two then. Where would you rather spend your time? In the laboratory or in nature with the growing things? nature with the growing things. Okay, okay. I know where I'm going, buddy. Next question. Next question. Doing what? Building a peaceful community in harmony with nature? Recycling the waste of society into new growth? Or clearing away the edifices of civilization so nature can grow again?
1: Recycling. That's what I'm doing right there, buddy. Recycling.
0: And so it does indeed recommend... That you go into the Golgari Swarm. <laughs> I know where I need to go, but that's what I want to say. So do. just to track how I would do it, what's important to me, answer, society and community, okay? What's your attitude uh, toward law and order? My answer would be that they limit our freedoms by their nature as opposed to I want to hand in establishing order for the good of society. Screw that crap. So mine is they limit our freedoms by their nature, which leads to the question, what's your favorite way to express yourself? And then the options are, and this is the one I didn't choose channeling my zeal for justice into fighting chaos and evil. That sounds boring. The answer I selected was explosive science experiments. And of course, that puts me in the Is It League, which is
1: my. Is the other one Boros? Is that the
0: other one? Uh, Boros is, yeah, channeling my zeal uh, for justice into (laughs) fighting chaos. I know what I'm talking about here. I would hope so. You've invested $8 billion into. I hope it's not that much. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Uh so it's pretty interesting. There is um there's a party makeup instructions, not not instructions, but suggestions. Like there's different I mean, honestly, there's different ways to go about doing it. It's set up the way most D you know D D books are, which is like there's a whole lot of random tables that you can either a just roll a dice and just see what happens and have fun with your choice, which I think is pretty cool. Um and since one of the things that we're going to be doing with our normal campaign group is we're going to be playing Zweihinder sometime soon, and they embrace the idea of just random stuff in during character creation, which is pretty awesome. So I wouldn't mind just doing a little randomness, but um, they do have a party makeup table, which I find interesting, which is sort of like a common cause thing or party makeup uh, structure, I mean. And then they have also a common cause that tries to give justifications or reasons why different guilds might cooperate, which I think is really helpful, um, especially since guilds are primarily going to be like a big, uh, a big thing uh, in this particular book. So like th- there's eight different uh, party makeups that they're suggesting and that- that's in their table. Obviously, we can do whatever the hell we want. Like, you know, we can always do that. But they- I was just sort of interesting looking at this. There's like the one guild party, which you just everyone just is part of the same, you know, same guild. There's the classic party which is like a Boros or a Celestia cleric from the life domain. There's an Azorius or a Boros fighter, which is like a champion, or there's the Demir or Golgari rogue, or there's the Boros or Is it wizard. So it's got like one cleric, one fighter, one rogue, one wizard. So kind of classic stuff that also presumes a four-person party, and we would have six. And then there's the Law and Order party, which is like a Boros cleric and an Azorius fighter and an Azorius wizard and a Boros ranger. There's the Mad Scientist party, which sounds really fun. Simic, does the, Druid... and, does the
1: law and order party have Sam Waterstern?
0: No, no, it, it, it doesn't. God okay, it. Uh, anyway, the <laughs> Mad Science Party. My second favorite is the Simic Combine. Uh, so I like Is It? I like the Is It people, but then I like Simic after that. And so, like, the Mad Science Party has got like two Simics, it's got two Is It's pretty cool. Uh, so that's pretty nice. Um, so anyway, I've been kind of going through in a bit. I still have a lot left to read. Uh, I'm most appreciative of all of the the lore stuff that they're going through, because uh, I really don't know Ravitica particularly well. And honestly, there wasn't an, as much as I was hoping that I would find up on the old interwebs. Um, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting in here is that there's like a whole separate uh, couple of chapters, ones that's got Uh, NPC stat blocks which is really helpful like stuff that's specific so you can kind of build on what we had before so i've been looking through some of those and i've already got a couple that i want to use in my regular campaign which is kind of interesting um and then there's a lot of suggestions for creating adventures which i think i'm going to have to rely on a lot more heavily than i normally do because usually when i'm building campaigns and adventures i don't usually do a whole lot of the random stuff from the book but i think i'm going to uh this time if we end up playing it Uh, i have in my mind this idea of like a kind of like a a crime noir type of thing like that's how you start we started off and it just spirals outward into like a simple crime that ends up being like more important and have like bigger you know like like there's bigger ramifications to what otherwise was like a simple crime um and so i think that might be how i I might want to go with this kind of like one of those types uh not full-on cyberpunk but sort of in a in a close way because there's so much like science fictiony elements uh within ravnica that i really like there's a really cool blend of a fantasy and uh, a sci-fi but anywho uh so the game monsters gather ravnica it's up on dnd beyond right now if you're a dnd beyond uh subscriber uh so you can buy it there uh i think the physical stuff comes out in like uh, sometime i want to say the 18th or something or the 20th around there so that's not and and that's that's not out yet and that's that's for like amazon and for like barnes and noble and those places. Uh, your friendly local game store might actually already have a copy, a physical copy of Ravnica as well. I haven't been to mine in the past, in the past two days, so I, I couldn't check to see if they had a physical copy. But uh, it looks pretty cool. And uh, I will get you, Justin, an invite uh, pretty quickly so you can start playing around. And uh, we'll, I'll teach you how to use D&D Beyond, uh, or I'll get somebody in the party to do it because they know more about the character creation than I do because I do all the other stuff. I don't usually get to play characters because I'm uh, the DM. So Anyway, all right, so there you go. That's That's what I got.
1: Okay, so what I did is it's been a month since I've done this. The reason I know this is because I know exactly four more episodes came out. Uh, But I was trying to catch up on Titans, and I'm going to try to do this every month. Uh, That way I can just kind of like binge it from time to time. So there's five episodes now. And so uh, the latest episode had to do with um, them finally kind of getting together and showing each other their uh, power sets.
0: Uh, I thought you were going to say something else. Uh,
1: yeah, it is a much uh, more adult show, so that could have been possible too. Uh, there is a little bit of that too. Um, there's a little bit of two characters showing each other their parts. Um, but, anyways, um, the the biggest problem I have to say with the show right now is I just wish I just wish I wish I could just binge it. Like, just put them all out there. What are you doing? Like, why do I have to wait a month to get a good group of? episodes what's
0: titans on again that's on the marvel thing dcu or dc sorry yeah
1: it's a a new uh, thing which is frustrating because i I really wish i could just watch the whole thing because it's a very enjoyable show um it is a rated r show um and i'm curious as to why they did that because i feel like this would be a show that you would want to try and get kids more involved with plus it would get more kids to have their parents buy the show or the the service you know it's just interesting to me
0: because like DC Universe okay now now I remember okay I just I
1: just feel like they're missing out on a large demographic because it is it's a hard R the only thing that they don't have is nudity it's the only thing they've missed in the show so far but like it's the second episode is about Hawk and Dove and Hawk and Dove are these uh, uh couple crime fighting group one is dressed in like red hawk outfit and one one's uh she was in that uh Carl Urban show. Uh she's Minka Minka Kelly. Yeah, Minka Kelly. Yeah. So she plays Dove and she's like the really sweet, and nice one in hawks. He's been in a bunch of stuff before, but he's this big burly gritty guy. And he says the F bomb maybe eight times in the first five minutes of the show. And I'm like, man, this is pretty they're really ramping up the F bombs in the show right now. And which is fine for me because I'm an adult, but I'm like, if I'm a kid and I want to watch Are a show you
0: about, really an adult? I mean, you take yeah, naps, you play video games all the time. You, yeah, you're right. you, you read a lot of comics and you well, watch like if cartoons. I'm, if I'm
1: singing on the line of like a kid, like a little kid, and I want to see Robin in a TV show, right? Because who knows the Teen Titans right now? The Teen Titans is currently a cartoon, right? It's a very child friendly cartoon and now let's watch the real life adaptation of it and now they're like stabbing each other and saying f-bombs you see people's heads getting blown off and stuff and so that's the only thing i would say is rough about this is i feel like there's a really bad translation to the normal core audience of who the teen titans are because teen titans is mostly uh, a younger kid uh book anyways despite that i'm enjoying the show there's a lot of good fight scenes stories are good they really, really, really are playing, uh, uh, I, I'd say, like a blue balls type of way of this whole Batman thing because they get real close, real close to showing you Bruce. And they talk about Bruce all the time. And I just really am wondering, when are they going to finally pull the trigger and show you Batman? Or when is Batman going to be vault? And it might be a thing where it's like maybe like season three or four, but like they had a lot of flashbacks with with uh, Gra- uh, Dick Grayson's character. And like, you basically see everything about Batman and everything about Bruce Wayne, except they never show him. They just have silhouettes and like stuff like that. Like they talk about Alpha, they talk about everything. They just never show him. Because they're so they're slowly showing you why did he leave? Why did he get upset with with Batman? Which is in line with the comic, which I like. Um, the most the latest thing that happened I thought was really, really funny is uh he, Dick Grayson's in a fight and he's losing and then all of a sudden someone comes to help him and it's the new robin jason todd and jason todd's a kid he's like a a teenager so it's really interesting saying a new robin with the old robin they're both have the suit so it's like what's going on and so it shows it makes me think like by the end of the season i think the big reveal by the end of the season he'll become nightwing i think that's a big part of what's happening for this whole first season which i think is interesting um so to me it's it's a it's a fun show. Um, they also introduced the Doom Patrol, which is going to be a new show on the DCU here soon too. And they had a guy playing the chief, some strange foreign man. I didn't know who he was. I was like, I don't remember him being cast. And I looked at the casting list. That same character is supposed to be played by Timothy Dalton. So I think it was just a uh, they didn't cast Timothy Dalton soon enough for that particular thing.
0: I'm a big fan of Timothy Dalton. He's he's a,
1: one of the Bonds, you know.
0: I know, yeah. So
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where that goes and like, they're getting like really, they're getting really like costumey and I like it. It's for me. I like the costumey stuff and it's, it's believable costumey. You know, it's not like over the top ridiculous, but it's, it, it, it it, it, it scratches an itch that I have being a giant comic book nerd. I don't know if you would like it too much for that type of stuff. I'm not sure. But I don't think it gets too far into that. Like Coriander, she is a fire star. She has like powers, but she barely uses them. So it's like they're not relying on their ultra powers to win, you know. So it there's some supernatural aspects to it, but mostly it's just kind of like beating each other up. So I, I'm curious to see whenever you get a chance to watch it, what you think about it. But I'm enjoying it a lot right now. I'm going to wait another month until the rest of the season comes out and I'll finish that up. I'm really looking forward to seeing the next episode, though, because it's about Jason Todd and Dick Grayson and that whole thing, you know, kind of a very awkward moments that they had to share with each other because, like, he's on the outs with Batman and he's on the ends with Batman. And they're both completely two different guys, um, and like, the way they act and everything. So it's very interesting to me. I'm looking forward to seeing that actually on, in real life and stuff. So like, and I also look forward to like, all right. So they got Jason Todd, and this is a dark show. So maybe one day down the road they'll start doing Red Hood stuff, and maybe one day they'll have to have a Batman and a Joker. So I think that they they had to eventually get to that point, which I think you know, uh,
0: just you know, Riverdale had a Red Hood in season two. So oh, it's,
1: brand, it's parallels. Yeah, it's pretty good. So uh, yeah, it's Titans on DCU. Um, I'll let you know when it's all over and I'll give you my password and stuff and go like watch
0: it and I'll let you and you can tell me what I you I can think just about. do a free thing once it's yeah, I do the free test, like or the free trial once it's uh, once the first season's done and just binge it. That's probably what I that's kinda what I was thinking of doing anyway.
1: Yeah. Anyways, that's that. You got anything else?
0: Yeah, I wanna talk. I wanna tell a story. I wanna talk about a Kickstarter that uh I'm considering. It's it's all been right. a rough month um of Kickstarters. Just so many things I want and I I guess I could buy them all, but I probably shouldn't. Anyway, I want to start this without telling you exactly what this is first, and eventually I'll reveal it. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story of this game. It's up on Kickstarter now. Calm down. Warriors from around the world, known for their legendary fighting abilities and skills, receive mysterious invitations to participate in a martial arts tournament. During the tournament, the organization surrounding it reveals their true identity and their purpose to recruit fighters to join their military or ins- or militia, excuse me, or enslave those against them. While several of these warriors made it out in time, many were never heard from again. So you hear that. That's like a little bit of the setup. There's a little bit more to it, but that's, that's a little bit of the setup. What do you think? What What do you think when I tell you that? Um, I think of Kickboxer. I think of
1: like... Uh... Uh, what is that movie? Sure. It was the, the best of the best. Is that what that was called? I don't, so know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think of some type of canon film, much like sure. what you watched this week. Uh, sure. where it's just a bunch of martial arts, super cool action fighting scenes.
0: You're damn right, Justin. All right. That's exactly right. I'm talking about uh, the Kickstarter street masters. Oh yeah. Specifically street masters aftershock is the name of this particular campaign. So street masters is designed by adam and brady sadler and it's published by blacklist games it's a one to four player cooperative board game that's inspired by classic beat-em-up side-scroller games like double dragon Oh, i love double dragon streets of rage my best friend had streets of rage because he was a sega guy i had double dragon i loved it so much uh anyway Uh, it's filled with tons of miniatures. It's got a bunch of custom dice. There's all sorts of unique decks and cards that you can use to fight and stuff like that. So anyway, like the game is, is primarily scenario based with some stories and stuff like that. Um, and if you recall, do you remember Sentinels of the Multiverse from, I think it was episode 14? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you and you remember how you said, like, oh, you know, you could probably do, like, miniatures and stuff for this. Well, that's kind of what this game is. This game is very, very similar in terms of the mechanics to Sentinels of the Multiverse. Because Sentinels of the Multiverse, you had, like, cards specifically for your character you 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 got the at the start of the game you would pick which villain are you going against and that villain has a deck and then you'd say okay well where or where are we confronting this particular villain and then you'd be like all right well that's where uh that that location has a deck as well right and so then it's all it's all about like kind of playing cards and doing some dice rolling to to do the fighting and that's what this game really is so it's it's got a lot in common um with Sentinels of the Multiverse uh but it takes it a little bit you know, bigger because it's adding miniatures and all kind of stuff. And it's not really a superhero uh, theme. It's more of a street fighting, like 1980s inspired type theme, uh, a little bit of street fighter homage here and there with some of the character designs like Ryu and Ken, et cetera. Um, so the game's primor- primarily scenario based, and it's got some story because like you can kind of play like a little campaign type of thing. Um, and like I said, you choose a faction with a villain. You choose a henchman. They all got their own cards, etc. There's a hex board, so you got you got you got a, you got a, a couple different boards that are associated with specific locations, and they have hexes on them. And you're moving your miniatures around on this hex to actually start fighting. Um, there's a campaign mode that's got a narrative deck, so it adds a narrative deck to it with some story decks for each of the heroes. It has like their own personal story. It's not like crazy involved, but it's got. Um, You know, it's got ways to sort of grow the powers and sort of, I don't want to say teach, I guess, yeah, I guess I can say it kind of teach you a little bit about, you know, how that how to play that character, how that character grows. Um, And the games are pretty much all about fighting and comboing. And one of the really cool things about the game is that even though there's like considerable dice rolling and sometimes people get really upset with dice rolling because bad things can happen. uh, The game, I think, does a really good job of finding ways to mitigate. Uh, and pretty much remove the concept of rolling like crap. So if you're a person who rolls terrible, if you're like I always roll ones or whatever, you know, and you don't want to roll ones or you always roll fives when you want to roll low or whatever it is like risk, you don't really have that here. So um, the game's got exploding dice, which I always love. It's one of my favorite mechanics in dice games. Uh, so that's when you like roll the max thing on top, of, uh, on top of a die or a specific symbol in the case of this game, and then it explodes. It means you can roll it again, and you can kind of keep building your damage or something off of that. But the other cool thing is that there's no such thing as a miss in this game. So, like, you roll a die, and there's no such thing as a miss. Like, the die either has, like, either you, like, I think it's, like, three sides or damage, and then the other three are, are defense. So, even if you you don't actually do damage with your roll, at the very least, you'll have defense. And so, like, you can do something with it. So, even a, quote, failure, actually, you know, you fail forward, which is a common, um, kind of kind of a common refrain a lot of GMs use and DMs use in, in D&D. So, I, I kind of like that. Uh, so, that's pretty cool um so the kickstarter that i'm talking about is running through november 20th and this is specifically for street masters aftershock that's the name of the campaign um which is actually an expansion uh for street masters which has already come out and so like the base game already exists and one of their other uh, mini expansions already exists and so now they're doing like a really sort of big old expansion for it and there's pledge levels that let you combo things Um, And because, again, it's a miniatures game, you expect to spend like a hundred or more, depending on which tier you get. Um, So there's like a Street Masters tier, which gives you the base game and like the original um, expansion from the first Kickstarter. Or you can, if you already have the game, you can get that just the new expansion, which is Aftershock. And like the Aftershock stuff, I really like the story of the Aftershock one. So this is the the introduction. I'm just going to read a little bit from the introduction on their Kickstarter page. Uh, ransom city is no more a missile strike from an unknown origin has turned it to rubble killing millions in the process those that survived emerged from the destruction only to be greeted by vandal and vandal by the way is an acronym uh, a mysterious mutagen that had terrifying effects on those exposed so it's got like mutant mutants and, and stuff now it's like absolutely hilarious there's parasol incorporated which is clearly like a wink wink at umbrella right like, yeah umbrella for, like it's parasol for kind of loud. So it's so funny. Um, and yeah, it's so like, it's like this whole other, it adds, it adds new things. Basically it has four new fighter decks, which is pretty cool. It's at four new stage decks, like location stuff. It's adds uh, two new enemy decks, new loot. It also adds new uh, mechanics, I guess you can call them missions. So they're called missions and showdowns, which allows you to do a little bit more. Missions are another way for you to like help your partner. Like if you're playing with other people, Um, you can actually do more to help them during your turn as opposed to which is like everyone's off kind of doing their own little solo fight like you can actually help people out um, which is nice and then the showdowns actually add some more story elements which is all very cool Uh, I like the story stuff there's also like another smaller expansion that's just built into it called Essence of Evil which is like a whole mess load of ninja stuff uh, which is pretty cool Like, like looking through I'm like looking at the stuff that they already unlocked they got they definitely got somebody who looks Uh, like there's a freaking panda like you can play as Chan Chan the panda bear like that's like what do they do just come on like perfect I know it's perfect I just I love pandas Um, so anyway it's super tongue-in-cheek and and silly and uh, all sorts of fun if you're I would say like if if you're somebody that loves the 80s if you're somebody who likes street fighting games and cooperative gameplay and you know, it's a, it seems like a really cool, uh, series to kind of get, get, get into, um, Sentinels of the Multiverse is a good game for, but I'm not a superhero guy. This is the theme I'm much more into. Cause it's like kind of 80s cliche silliness, you know? Um, so I can kind of, you know, this is kind of more my, my theme. So it looks really cool. Again, it goes to November 20th. If you're interested, uh, the guys who who uh, designed this, by the way, are incredibly well known in the board game industry as being just top notch cooperative gameplay designers. Like they're like they're like the the kings. They they designed like Warhammer Adventure Card Game, which is incredibly well loved, and now it's like been sort of rethemed into Heroes of TerraNoth because they lost because uh, Fantasy Flight Games lost the license, and um, then they just did like a couple of months back, they did Brook City uh, up on Kickstarter, the the, the designers, uh, which is basically eighties cop movie stuff. It's all it is. It's just, you're, just, you're just playing cop movie stuff. It's hilarious. So uh, that Street Masters and specifically Street Masters AfterShock uh, up on Kickstarter for another ten days or so. So
1: what do you got? Anything else? So uh, some news came out uh, about some new shows coming on this new Disney streaming service that's coming out soon. Because you know uh, yeah, Netflix heard, yeah. is losing a lot of their licensing through Disney because um, Disney now also owns Fox and they kind of want to making competitive uh, streaming service towards Netflix. I think sometime next year, they're going to be getting rid of all their Disney movies and all their Marvel content off of Netflix and putting it on their own service, Um, which is probably a large reason as to why Iron Fist got canceled and Luke Luke Cage got canceled. So they can maybe even come up with a new type of show, maybe have a flagship Heroes for Hire show over on Disney+, Plus, rather than having the Luke Cage and Iron Fist property over there because if they call it something else, then you know you don't you know have ties to Netflix and stuff like that.
0: I too um, have heard such speculation. Yeah.
1: So it's it's so they have it's called Disney Plus, and there's a bunch of new flagship shows they've already mentioned for, it, which to me they sound pretty interesting. And I'm curious as to how they're gonna do it. The first one is Tom Hiddleston said, I think two days ago or yesterday, that um, there's going to be a Loki show um starring him. And uh I guess the woman who plays Sif is gonna be involved with it too. So it makes me curious as to what it's gonna be. Is it gonna be a post-infinity war thing is it going to be a pre-infinity war thing is it with you know without continuity uh i'm curious about how they're going to do that but i enjoy that character um and i enjoy that universe that asgardian universe i think it's really cool and i wish they spent more time in it and a lot of stuff or just the the nine realms in particular all the different stuff that goes on because i really enjoyed uh the uh the i forget what they called it in ragnarok that warrior verse that uh, warrior city that they're in so that's the first thing that's coming out for a disney plus which is little, really exciting also they mentioned last week that they're coming out with a winter soldier and falcon tv show like a buddy cop miniseries between the two whether it's i think it's just be like maybe six episodes long or eight, eight episodes long it's what they do with a lot of these shows now um that have high high level actors is they do one season they're not you know, held down for a large period of time and they just kind of get in and get out and then they're done. So it looks like uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Shaw are going to be basically doing a show of their own on the Disney Plus thing as well. It's going to be kind of like a miniseries, which is interesting. Um, what my theory would be, if I were to guess on what that show would be, um, if what I think is going to happen happens in Infinity War, if Cap does die, Or is placed back into his normal timeline, you know, maybe back with uh, uh, Carter or Peggy Carter or whatever. That means someone else has to be Captain America and it probably would be Sebastian Shaw, which happens in the, the, the comic book that Bucky becomes the next cap. So maybe it would be like a Captain America and Falcon TV show, which would be within the lines of the comic books because one of the very popular comic books was Captain America and Falcon. So it'd be interesting to see it kind of twisted on its head with it being Bucky and Captain America, um, which would be interesting. Um, it'd also like kind of usher Bucky into that Captain American hood, I guess, because Falcon would be his buddy through that, which would be interesting. Um, that's my theory on that. Um, two other things out of that. Uh, first off, uh, they're with this Disney Plus. They're also including Star Wars uh, material. One of which is they just announced a Cassian Andor show that follows the, uh, I guess, the rebel with a heart of gold from uh, Rogue One uh, that I didn't remember his name until I saw it on the thing because to me Rogue One is a little forgettable. Anyways, but uh, he's getting his own.
0: It was such a good film i didn't really like it were one of those such a good film but
1: cassie and is getting his own tv show so i assume it's going to be about the time he spent before the whole thing because um spoiler alert things don't go well for them on uh that beach so uh i'm sure it's gonna be about the adventures he has with k2 what is it k2so at yeah, k2so and like how they get to know each other and all stuff so it'll be interesting there too Um, another thing from Disney Plus that I heard like literally, I read like literally five minutes before we started this is they're doing the Mandalorian show on Disney Plus as well, which is the John Favreau, uh, right, 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 right. Yes, John Favreau, uh, directed, uh, like Boba Fett Mandalorian show. It's not a Boba Fett show, it's just his race of people. And um, they just announced that Carl Weathers is gonna be on it, so I'm down. You yes. tell me Apollo's gonna Apollo be there. Apollo
0: create himself back from the dead. I'm all about a, that. When spoiler Apollo alert: He died in Rocky IV. What?
1: Ooh. I mean, well, that's why Adonis was so upset in that last scene. <laughs> had 30 years, so yeah. Uh, so that I just heard that, which makes me excited. Forget the whole John Favreau thing. Carl freaking Weathers is on it, so that's pretty exciting. Dylan, you son of a bitch. So that's it makes me excited about that. Finally, this is not D- uh, Disney Plus related, but I thought it was interesting, is um, DCU has another show coming out here, so they have uh, Titans, they have Doom Patrol, and finally the last one they are coming out here soon is going to be Swamp Thing. They're going to be uh, basing off of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing adaptation, and it's pretty interesting um, because it stars Jennifer Beals, who is the lead
0: actress from Flashdance, who... Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was still alive. Whoa, hang on! She was at a really good show a couple years back on uh, on Fox. Like it was based in Chicago, and she was like a cop. That was really good. I can't remember the name of it, but it, like Fox it was also has... the
1: Book of Eli. Apparently, I had no idea.
0: Yeah, I remember that too. Uh, huge fan of hers, actually. Yeah, she's uh, she's really good. I mean, Flashdance obviously is '80s, so it's '80s. so That's great. Yeah. But, like, oh, I actually think she she was like that. Show I was so mad when that because it also has like a. Uh, What's his name? The guy who just most recently played like uh, John Connor uh, in the most recent Terminator. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy who was in that like... Oh, man. I can't remember his name. Anyway, uh, but yeah. This is a really good informative uh, podcast moment for us right here. But yeah, anyway.
1: Uh, Swamp Thing is being played by Derek Mears. Um, He's most notably known as The Last Jason, I guess. But he's wearing a bunch of prosthetics that doesn't really matter he's just a big dude wearing prosthetics so it doesn't matter um and i guess the main uh female lead will be crystal reach plays abby arcane um so it's it's gonna be interesting i like the old swamp thing movies i haven't seen them in years i'm really curious how they hold up now uh if they're any good i haven't seen i haven't seen a swamp Thing movie in maybe 10 years um I think he's an interesting character. He's a fun character to play uh, in the uh, uh, DC. Uh, uh, what is that? Um, uh, nuts. Uh, the one where we fight each other. Nuts. Oh, boy. <laughs> what's oh, happening right boy. now? What's the what's the fighting game?
0: I'm just going to let it happen. I'm just, just going to let oh, it go as long oh as it can go right stops. now. Anyways
1: uh so that's all like the news i i, I kind of round up i thought all the disney plus stuff was interesting we're gonna get you it still, you're just gonna
0: let it go you're just gonna let it go you're that to it's, it's, it's very just,
1: that's an injustice keep, man keep powering through Keep just, powering, just,
0: through. If you just keep powering through you're fine it's just an injustice that you don't tell us the name yeah you know, right it's, it's just,
1: totally wait a yeah. minute yeah hey, so, uh, look what i did uh we're probably gonna get it when it comes out because my wife loves all the disney stuff and i'm gonna want to watch all the marvel stuff so it sucks that they're getting it cool. rid of it from Netflix, but whatever. It's, it's how hap- everything, all types of uh, entertainment now seems to be what it was, I guess, destined to be, where it's this kind of like pick as you go, a carte blanche thing, which I think is a la carte.
0: I think you mean? No,
1: I said the right thing. <laughs> no, so, um, no, I'm not talking about carts. All right. Anyways, you said so, carte
0: blanche. What are you
1: talking about? No, I was talking about LeBlanc from League of Legends. Anyways. Are you done yet? Can we move
0: on? I had a stroke.
1: All right, I'm good. <laughs>
0: this was the saddest end to a segment <laughs> we've ever had. Alright, we're gonna go break down Overlord. Okay. It's
1: the movie. <laughs> Down.
0: Overlord is a 2018 horror movie directed by Julius Avery and produced by J.J. Abrams and his Bad Robot Productions company. The film takes place the day before the Normandy landings by Allied forces during World War II, and it tracks a small group of soldiers who drop behind enemy lines to take out a radio tower. Their mission is crucial to the success of D-Day, and they only have one night to pull it off. And their task seems difficult enough, but once the surviving soldiers from the drop reach the small village that holds the radio tower, they find that the Nazis have been doing far more vile and terrible things than they could ever have imagined. And that is about when the horror part of this war kind of horror hybrid movie begins to kick in. So we're going to do our best not to spoil the good bits. But as always, if you want to go into Overlord without any hint of spoilers, uh, best to skip forward now to the Gentleman's Challenge. Uh, and come back later once you have watched the movie yourself. So, Justin, what you, would what'd you think of Overlord? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I knew absolutely nothing about this movie
1: when I was going into it. I, I sent you a message yeah. about that yesterday, I think. He's like, yeah. well, that was interesting. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well...
0: Okay. Were you thinking, like, oh, oh, it's like Saving Private Ryan, part two? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Well,
1: okay. I know you mentioned something about... Uh, I guess you could say, uh, what was the word? Extra. That would be like extraterrestrial. It would be a, a paranormal type of
0: aspect okay. to it. Yeah.
1: Um, but still, I didn't look into it at all. I had no idea who's starring in it. None of the people I recognized. Like I recognized the main uh, guy, like the main uh, guy who's running everything. Boyce. Not Ed. Not oh, boys. Uh,
0: Wyatt Russell. Yeah, I yeah, I, don't Ford, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I
1: I don't know I saw Ford in though. Like I I I've seen him before.
0: Uh, he, let's see, he was in Twenty Two Jump Street. Uh, he oh, he was right... in
1: the 10, Twenty Two Jump Street. Okay.
0: Right now, he is in Lodge 49, which is on uh, AMC, which is a TV show. It's kind of a weird one. I haven't haven't watched it yet. 22 Jump Street. He was one of the kids in 22 Jump Street. The other guy, uh, Joven Adepo, who plays Ed Boyce, um, and he's, I think, I mean, he's the main guy. He's the star. Um, He's actually from The Leftovers, so he was on The Leftovers for all three seasons, in fact. Uh, I think he's he's from the very beginning. Um, And then uh, the guy who played Waffner, who was one of the, one of the bad guys. Um, he played Euron Greyjoy or plays Euron Greyjoy on uh, on Game of Thrones. So
1: okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah.
0: not like huge big time names yet, but I mean I think there are some the only
1: are- one that I recognized was the photographer plays Fitz in Agents of Shield. That's all I knew. He okay. plays he plays one of the scientists in Agents of Shield. And he had are you trying to accent. tell me.
0: Are you trying to tell me? That you didn't recognize the wonderful the amazing the astounding the uh the, the oh yeah 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 bokeem what's his name bokeem i can't remember his last name Bo Keem i was like fine i just him? gonna love this because he just saw uh a great movie. the man. uh the the timeless the timeless uh the breed with yeah, yeah, uh yeah. adrian ball right yeah, yeah
1: yeah but he was barely movie though which i thought was funny uh yeah uh, he so, was good though
0: i mean like his he has a small role but it was pretty pretty good role i think
1: anyway. but uh, without knowing anything about this and going into it i was like this is pretty good it's interesting and then the big twist happens and you see the big twist and a real big twist happens like literally actually happens and that's when things start getting haywire. And I was like,
0: okay. <laughs> You're talking about up in the attic? Yes. Were you talking about prior to that? Because I thought.
1: Maybe not so much a twist as a flip. We'll say a flip. Well,
0: happens. that I know, but I think there was something even more that will, like, even more crazy that happened prior to that. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. don't go losing your head, Justin, over yeah, yeah, yeah. like a flip or anything. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if. What I'm trying to say is that you'd probably lose your head if it wasn't screwed on, you know, tight or whatever. Through some mean, type of like everyone gets yeah. all crazy and run around like like chickens with their head cut off or something. Yeah,
1: so that was that was when I was like, okay, I'm in 100% cuz it was very interesting and weird at that point. Like the story up until that point was your run of the mill uh World War 2 Stuck behind enemy lines, type of thing. You've seen it a thousand times before. And it wasn't, there was really nothing that kind of set it a, apart from any other story like that. There was no like interesting dynamic or story. Like everyone right. had their their basic, like you had the smart ass who nobody really likes, someone who's
0: kind that, of green. who always has like a freaking New York accent, like a Brooklyn yeah, it's always accent that. to it. It's always that, right? Like, it's very... I, I would honestly go so far as to say, that up until where the oddities and the grossness starts to happen, I actually think it's a substandard war movie because I I thought oh like, yeah most of the characters were super generic and like yeah. of or iterations of things we've seen before and on its own like was but like,
1: I I th- I liken that to the Predator now this is not the Predator okay but the Predator was very much like that you go into the Predator it's one movie then halfway through it's a completely different movie. And the first, like the movie, one we
0: reviewed, like the Predator. we reviewed? No, no, the first Predator. Like oh, Okay, yeah, yeah, the good ones. It.
1: Yeah, it's one movie. Then halfway through, it's a completely different movie. And the first movie, it was in the beginning. Yes, if you love '80s movies, right? That's like it's that's for bread and butter. It was directed like the stunt choreography was done by the A team. So yeah, it's great. You know, big, big explosions, people flying over the
0: place. Justin's not actually talking about Overlord right now, in case anyone lost track of the sentence. Really? Yeah, because yeah. oh, but yeah.
1: like the thing is like they have these like generic characters, and then halfway through, stuff hits the fan, and that's when things get really interesting. And that's what happens with this one, too. When that attic thing happens, I'm like, okay, this is really interesting. It's cool. Plus, it's yeah. extremely, extremely, extremely horrifically gory. <laughs> it's real bad at some points. Yeah, you know. And you uh, know? when when I went to go see this movie, I go, honey, we can... I don't think you want to watch this movie. It's apparently supposed to be pretty rough and she goes okay uh, we'll go see the nutcracker and then she goes well never mind, we'll go with uh, our godson and we'll go see the Grinch because I don't know if he wants to go see that movie and I go I don't think he should and boy am I glad an 11 year old didn't come see this movie with me because holy moly because there's some moments they would freaking love it are you kidding there's some moments man there's some really <laughs> rough moments so i enjoyed it a few of the standout parts for me um it was fun uh the whole time the beginning seemed to drag a little bit but i think it was meant to kind of do that but once things started going it was fun the whole time after that point um i mentioned the big genre shift i thought was interesting um the explosion shot at the end i thought that was really cool um like him except for out. a
0: certain character who was like the pov per- person for this explosion and like you're watching this character run away from the explosion is constantly looking back it was so annoying i'm like stop looking back like just, just you know it's running. back there you know it's exploding you don't have to take a look at it right like gosh it's just, but uh, i thought i thought uh, that uh, was a
1: really cool action sequence how they did that through the special effects they did and everything i that was a, a moment of the movie that really stood out to me to be like a really cool uh piece in the whole thing um but I enjoyed it um I thought it was not too scary but I thought it was uh just monstery enough for me I enjoyed the the feel of it quite a bit I thought it was fun plus like who doesn't like Nazi zombies right so that's sure. like, pretty yeah. much who who doesn't want Nazi zombies so I got a real like Wolfenstein feel out of it at a certain point too. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Anyways, what'd yeah, you think I can, of it? I can see that.
0: Um, okay. So I thought it was solid. I don't think it was great. Um, I, I knew about it going in. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen clips of it. I'm a JJ Abrams fan. I watched the bad production stuff. It all really goes back to lost for me. And so I kind of just give him the benefit of the doubt when he does new stuff, uh, whether he's directing or in this case, just producing, um, so I really wanted to see it and I was the one who sort of pushed for us to review it. Um, I still enjoyed it, but I don't necessarily, it didn't really, uh, I didn't know. It didn't, it didn't really uh, convince me too much. Like I felt like it was the, the start of the movie was way too slow and it took, I think it took too long to get to the weird parts. Um, you know, I felt like we, so what basically happens is the movie starts off where the, the paratroopers are in their the plane and they're they're flying and they're getting ready and they're a couple hours away from doing their drop. And so they're doing some basic chattings so that you can get a feel for who each character is, right? And again, it's very generic, very cliche, not particularly interesting characters. Um, even the main character, we only really know by way of like one little anecdote about a mouse. Um, but other than that, like we don't know any of the other characters. like they're all very, very uh, there's no, no real depth to them. so it's it's hard to necessarily I mean like you root for them, obviously because they're going against Nazis, and so you're rooting for them. Like it's simple, easy, no problem. Um there's interesting themes in terms of like you know the idea of like losing yourself and stuff like that and like becoming the evil that you like you have to be as bad in order to to defeat the evil that you need to defeat, you have to be as bad as them is like kind of a a theme that pops up here and there. And like, that's the central notion. So I guess that's, you know, there's, there's something there, but it was just, it just took too long. Like maybe it's because I knew it was coming and I was just impatient, but I just didn't feel like I've seen so many good war movies, you know? I mean, I already mentioned Saving Private Ryan. I saw Band of Brothers, you know, like all these were so, so good. And like, you got to know these characters and them so well and you just cared about them so much. Like, I just didn't think the war movie part of it was all that great. And then like they landed and obviously it's cause they're landing, you know, they're, they're, they're dropping way by enemy lines. They're not all going to make it of course. And so a small group comes together and you can kind of figure out from who's talking on the plane, who's going to make it. And they get to this, they get to this little village where like the whole, the main scene takes place. And then like, that's all fine. But then they're in the village for a really long time before anything good happens. Like it takes a really long time <laughs> For like all the weird crap to start happening a certain point like when you shift to the important location within the the actual um, village it's pretty obvious they keep referencing the church the church the church right and so once he actually gets into the church and accidentally and starts you know wandering around and like that's creepy as hell you know so i just felt like it took a little long to get there and then i, I don't know like some of the I thought, I thought more could have happened, you know, like it it, it, zombie, I guess you want to call it zombies. We can call it zombies. That makes sense. Um, Like it's got, they got a little bit of that to it. I think that's how they were billing it anyway, but it just felt like they could have gotten to that a little bit faster. And I, I don't know. And and then my my other chief complaint was just, I, I don't know, the characters really weren't built all, out all that well. And I just felt a little, everything felt a little bit like going through the motions or just relying on so many other movies that have come before that they can then just sort of semi-copy. And like, you get this character. It's like that one dude from the other movie. Like, it, yeah, that's, that's what this guy is, you know? So... I felt like they could have done a little bit better job of, of making these characters a little bit more interesting themselves. The main guy I thought was interesting um, with the, like the, especially with that mouse storyline and stuff like that going on. And uh, I don't know, like it was good though. Like it's, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a, if it's a movie, I would recommend people just be run out and go see, you know, like, uh, like it's good. I think, I mean, maybe a matinee show. <laughs> I always watch these. Yeah, movies I don't, I always, don't I always disagree watch
1: the with you. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I think it's it's a fun movie and I left not thinking that I wasted my money. Um, right. But like, you know, if this isn't like something like you're like, I think it was a unique experience for me because I had absolute blinders on. Right. And
0: right. I wonder how I would have felt if I had absolute blinders going with, in. Because yeah. absolutely
1: no idea what's going on. It was fun, you know, and I know, like like you said, the war parts were very generic and very simple. But to me, the twist was good enough. Where at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm in, and this is this is now worth my time. Right
0: when the twists happen, like I was like, I mean, well, I don't know if it's a twist because we know it going in. It's like it's in the it's in the trailers. Like if you watch the trailers, you see this stuff. So like, but yeah, I didn't even see trailers. I didn't see it when it stops. When it stops being just a war movie and starts being more of a horror movie, is when I feel like the movie starts to really find its footing at that point. I just think it takes a little too long to get there. I, I wish I would have paid attention more to like my phone and, and track the time, but it just felt long. It felt long. It felt like No, uh, we're getting uh, there. Hurry up, you know.
1: It was a bit of a long paced movie. I will say that. It did, it did feel at times it was like, yeah. okay, let's go.
0: Um, Overall, but, though, a good game, or a good, I keep calling it a game for some reason. It's a good game. Overall, okay. A good movie is a good movie. It's definitely worth watching. Whether it's worth going out and seeing it like if you're if you're a horror fan, certainly I think it's worth going and seeing uh, if you're if you're not, if you're a little bit more, if you're not as as big a horror fan, like probably wait like whenever this comes on Netflix or Amazon or HBO, whatever it is that you want to wait for it for. Uh, but it's it's a good solid movie. Like definitely to me, it's like a solid like B, B range movie. Like it's not an A, it's not super, but it's definitely well above average. I give it seven
1: Xbox controllers out of ten um, because <laughs> I thought it was a wonderful game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel <laughs> the same exact way so that's that's okay. my review
0: of the film <laughs> all right so the, man, we're having a bad night uh so that is overlord uh, it's currently out in theaters uh yeah go take a look at it it's, it's, see if it's something watch it maybe watch a trailer see if it's it's w- w- your thing first But or yeah. don't watch trailer go or go don't yeah that could be fun too you know what just go see it hell with it all right let's go uh we need to be slaps let's just go let's go slap each other and now it's time for the Gentleman's Challenge. The Gentleman's Challenge is a segment we do here on the Lollygaggers podcast where Justin and I like to give each other a homework assignment. Uh, And then to ensure that we completed said homework assignment, we come back on the next episode and we quiz each other about it. Sometimes these assignments are meant to drive the other crazy. Sometimes they're meant just to expose the other person to something pretty cool. Uh, but either way, this is a very spoiler-heavy zone. So we're going to talk all about plots and endings and sorts of, of things like that for TV shows and movies. Uh, we might spoil endings of games, what have you. So if you don't want to be spoiled uh, about the uh, about the concepts that we're covering, uh, definitely don't listen to this segment. Uh, with that being said, Justin, I think you're first. You ready?
1: Sure. Uh, yeah. So okay, uh you assigned me a 2017 uh sci-fi movie The Endless. Um it starred uh famous actors such as Aaron Moorhead, Justin Benson, Callie Hernandez, uh stop me once you don't know a name. Okay. Shane Brady, uh Lou Temple, uh Wait, so just... wait,
0: isn't Shane Brady the guy from uh like the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter? No, that's that's, uh, that's Shane Brady, right?
1: No, <laughs> that's oh no, that's uh, uh, well, that's Wayne, <laughs> that's, Wayne the name of, that's Wayne I know Brady. That's Wayne
0: Brady. You don't know the name of the show? No, nah,
1: no, nah. uh, that's uh, whose lines anyways? Uh, there that's
0: Wayne go, Brady. There you go. He right. now is
1: on, he does, he does Um. Yeah. Uh, make a, uh, let's make a deal now on CBS. He showed great.
0: up, like my wife and I watched Colony on USA for uh, a couple of years. And he showed up in the most recent season as like, as like a serious actor and stuff like that. I'm like, what? what? You're, you're supposed, supposed to be singing. You're what supposed you to be singing and dancing and telling jokes. Like you're far too talented for the show. What are you doing? Anyway. <laughs> Anyways.
1: So the story is uh, these two guys are kids and they were part of a uh, UFO cult. And eventually, they got out of it. And when they left, um, they kind of, they left when they are like, maybe, like, early 20s. Like, the oldest one was, like, the early 20s. One of them was probably, like, 18, 20, something like that. They just were somewhat young. And uh, since they've been in the real world, they've been kind of, you know, this non-cult world. They've been kind of doing one dead-end job after another. And the youngest brother says that he'd like to go take a visit back to the convent because he received a tape in the mail and he found a a video recorder and decided to to kind of watch it and it's from the people of the convent one of which being uh, a girl that he likes anna um so he kind of convinces his brother to take him back to go visit for one day and so they go back and pretty much everyone seems as if they haven't aged really at all they'll kind of seem the same age in this convent they uh they have a couple of like strange rituals, but the big part about it is they kind of like they sell beer and that's kind of like their main export so they can get some money. Uh, everyone has kind of like their own jobs, take care of stuff. They all get paid for it because the beer makes a lot of money. And so they kind of come back in. You kind of feel the culty nature of it um, as time goes by. And the oldest brother, um, Justin, doesn't want to, which by the way, I've noticed last three movies has had a character named Justin in it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Green Room yeah. had a big fat guy named Justin.
0: If you go back and you track every single movie or TV show I've given you, there's been a character named Justin in every single one. I Maybe it's because I have probably one of the most common names ever in the history of the world. No, I I made sure of it. That uh, Yeah. And so, uh, the, the games that I assigned you had designers or artists that had the name Justin. It's, I don't uh, think that's... That's the kind of dedication possible. I bring. Wow. Well, <laughs> <it's possible. laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. I knew you're full crap. Anyways, so, uh, pardon me, didn't think you were. Uh, so they kind of go back and they know some weird stuff. People are acting strange. Um, there's a ceremony where they have to pull this rope and the rope is kind of in the darkness, but when they're pulling it, it like goes way up in the sky. And Justin says, you know, he's kind of a skeptic of the whole thing. It's like, obviously, this is this guy standing up on a ladder trying to mess with you. Um, and so, uh, at one point, uh, Justin Justin does his jogs. It's definitely not me. So this is a different Justin. Uh, he's doing his sure. jogs around the camp compound. He keeps seeing this dude that's just walking around super angrily. And when he sees him one time, uh, it's like this big invisible thing kind of runs by him and leaves these photos on the ground. Do you know the dude's name? The guy's name? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh... Oh, his name's Carl. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> so it's Carl. Uh, so uh, he's just walking around all angry all the time, and he knows like kind of like a an invisible creature kind of walks by him, and when it happens, it drops a photo on the ground. The photo is of the of a lake in the area, and so he talks to the guy who's like kind of in charge of the comedy. He goes, "If you want to know what's going on, go to the lake tomorrow. Go down to the water where that buoy is at." and find what you have, and you'll find what you're looking for. And so he goes in there, he finds a, a lunchbox pail thing, and then he gets the lunchbox out and it has a tape in it and goes into it. And uh, it's a videotape of – I forget what was, the, what was on the videotape. It was when they, when they played at the party the it next was, night.
0: It was the scene – From the previous movie that I gave you in Resolution, yeah, yeah, that's what was. Michael went down to the river. Yeah, and and that's when I,
1: at that point, I go, "Oh, I see what this is." And I go, "Jeffrey, you sly little minx! I see what this is. It's a complete, it's a sequel, a direct sequel to the last movie we watched. That was
0: uh, Resolution. Probably, I don't think I would use the word direct, but it's how's it not direct? Because they don't call it direct. They don't call it a direct sequel, but yeah.
1: But it is, though, because the same guys are in it. So and They
0: don't call it a direct sequel. You want to say that the, the, the same guys are in it are the people who directed it. The two, so that's, the two so stars so actually little things the directors.
1: Start, little things start adding up. Uh A woman kept on leaving around post-it notes, just like in the first movie when she would leave post-it notes for her husband. She said her husband was missing. She had a child. Well, in the end of the first movie, they're talking about, I have a child. You know, his, his wife's pregnant. And so it's all kind of like, I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't notice any of this before. Um,
0: I don't know. Have... I literally told you
1: uh, going in. But it looks it so sort of a... it's so different. So basically, the idea is the guys from Resolution are stuck in a time loop. And there's a bunch of little time loops everywhere. This time loop is being basically conjured by some being, some... Uh, force that's forcing them to stay in these places in this loop to entertain them and just like in the last movie they can't come up with the solution that it wants to make it satisfied so they can leave the loop and the guys that are here were eventually were part of this convent before but got out before the convent got stuck in a loop and so when they entered back in they're not stuck in the loop until a certain amount of time goes by And so they need to get out before the loop catches them inside of one of the zones that has like one of the loops, like maybe five minutes long. One of the loops is six hours or three hours. One of the loops is, I think it was seven days. And then, no, seven days was the cabin. And then, because that's the amount of time it takes for them to, he said he was going to give it a week for uh, his friend to get all sobered up. And the other one I believe was, I think it was two weeks. So I can't remember the, the convent one was, but anyways, the idea is they got to get out of this place before this creature or being or whatever force decides to keep them there. And the whole thing is they have to kind of like travel through these different rifts and then you, you go back to the first movie. You see the first two actors of Mike and uh, I forget what the, the what was the crank addict's name? Chris. Chris. So you go see yeah. Mike and Chris again. Same guys, same actors. One's clearly older and a little fatter. Um, but like they're supposedly been stuck in this loop since they started the whole thing of him like getting handcuffed to the wall and everything. Um and so eventually they, they get away and they get away from the big force and they're back into their real world. And that's kind of where it kind of ends. And it's it's a very interesting movie. Um, when paired with the first one, I think alone the first one was okay, but now paired with this one, they both become infinitely better. Yeah, um, a lot of people
0: say that, actually. <laughs> it's a pretty common So, problem. like, yeah.
1: as the first movie was fine, it was weird. But when you kind of put the second story to bookend it, you're like, eh, that's it's pretty cool. I like this idea, this concept, the idea yeah. of these little time bubbles that people are in. Uh, for this spirit or this force's amusement i thought that was really interesting um and the only thing i would say is it took a little while to get there but once they kind of once you understood the rules of what was going on then i was really into it because it's like almost immediately when they showed that tape i was like okay and i was like all right i enjoy this a lot now because like it's a hundred percent linked to Previous movie, and when you start putting it all together and seeing all the little little Easter eggs they were leaving everywhere, it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. So, I, I enjoyed it when it was all said and done. Um, and it also made me appreciate the movie before even more. Now that it's over, it's almost like I don't know, it's because I, I don't know if like the movie, if the movies overall are great, but like when you put these two stories together, it really makes it more fun in the end, especially when like me, I didn't know anything that was going on in this movie, even though you kind of warned me about it. So anyways, sure. That's the story of, uh, uh, the endless. And, um, I'm ready for my quiz questions. I'm going to do terribly with, so. We well, up. you
0: got one wrong already. Uh, cause of <laughs> I course. Asked, uh, one of the questions was how long was the cult's loop? And you said, you didn't know you threw out a couple other ones. And I, uh, worry that you missed some things a little bit. The cult. Their loop was about 10 years long.
1: I thought it was 10 years. I was going to say that, but it didn't feel right.
0: Right. So the guy idea is that they got out uh, like right at the beginning and then they're coming back roughly right before the loop's about to close itself and they get, quote, abducted by aliens slash suicide and then the loop resets. So it's about 10 years. So that's O for one for you. Uh right. next question. I
1: thought it was 10 years. I was gonna say that too. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, you had plenty of opportunity. It's about it's about what happens every week. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Sure. I mean, just just you know, you just have to have some confidence in your in yourself, Justin. I don't yeah. know why you don't. I don't know why you don't. You're such a you're such a smart young man, capable, you know, strong, big bearded, you know, etc. Big bushy beard. So, question number two. What song does Aaron sing at karaoke, and what lyrics did he change?
1: Yeah, what song did he sing?
0: Backstory for this question: I used to used to manage a karaoke bar in college. Uh, well, it wasn't a karaoke bar; it was a bar, but we had karaoke on Fridays, and uh, a DJ would come in and do it. And uh, boy, everyone thinks they're so clever when they come in and they sing "Summer Lovin'" from Greece. It's just, uh, it's awesome can so I can't we, remember, I know that the, the girl, I'm, I'm telling a story here, Justin, I'm telling a story. <laughs> and so we I'm would go and we would sing it, me and the DJ and some other people. And we would change the lyrics from, from wonder who, oh all right. What are the lyrics? Wonder what she's doing now or something like that to wonder who she's screwing now. And everyone would get upset and they wouldn't sing the song anymore. And so there you go. I hate Greece. Anyway, do you have an answer? I don't, I don't know. I don't That's over too. Remember. Uh, the song is "House of the Rising Sun." There is a house in New Orleans, except he changes it to Camp Arcadia, which is the name of the camp. And he also says, "My brother was a photographer." So yeah. So brother, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, question, today. question number three: What is the only way to begin one's journey into the cosmos, Justin? uh only journey in the cosmos
1: um i don't remember this line at all what's the one the answer
0: is 10 years no that's not right that's a different question uh the answer is self-sacrifice in the name of the one true god so yeah is okay. that from
1: the tape? That's from the tape. It's from the
0: tape. It's from the tape. All right. I from figured you'd pay attention that. to the tape because you'd be like, aha, so I'm like, oh, I'll ask him a question from the tape. And so I, I was, I thought I was giving you... I was ones. so
1: amazed in the moment. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about anything else. I'm like, oh! <laughs> gotcha.
0: Okay, question, whatever the hell number I'm on. Uh, what are Anna's two talents? Uh, she can...
1: Uh, she paints... She does, like, uh, uh, charcoal paintings. And... What's the other talent? She can escape from a mental asylum, which, by the way, I totally forgot that she's the woman in the, in the yeah. first movie that's tapping on the window. Right?
0: Unfortunately, um, that's incorrect, Justin. That's Lizzie. I asked, what are Anna's two talents? Anna's two talents are making clothes and measuring the exact amount of drugs in her lungs. Oh, my like, God. You're the wrong thinking person. of Lizzie. You got the wrong person. I knew that too be oh, close okay. it's a shame i yeah okay uh, <sighs> i mean should i ask the fifth question or should we i need to one? get one give me i got to okay. get one all right what's left at the mother's grave marker mother's grave uh it's marker.
1: a it's like a little kids painting
0: there's multiple things so i need you know there's like a
1: plate with it. painting on it there's some flowers it's like a plate, right? That's why it looked like a plate, a plate with painting on it. Some flowers, oh, that was it?
0: Say One of the, one
1: of those necklaces with the bottle bottom in it that they had hanging all over the place.
0: Oh, Justin, Justin. John. Well, I mean, I guess technically I can give you that. It's not really, that was at the top of the grave thing. But you're pretty close. I'll give you half credit for this. Uh there's all there's a pair of homemade candles. There's a finger painting that's framed, not on a plate. There's a photograph. Both the photograph and the finger painting are of the mother with the two kids. Uh, and yeah, you said there's a small vase of flowers. So I'll give you that. I'll give you credit for. It. So half credit. Here you go. All right. Point. That's point five. 0.5 out of five. Totally That's winning.
1: there's fives in both. That's a win. Sure. Wow. I'm Justin. doing great. Wow. I want. To I took a lot it. of. I took a lot of hits to the head when I was in high school. It's gotta be what it is. <laughs>
0: The only thing that makes sense, Justin, I want to talk about Ninja 3. Uh, me too. The Domination. What's Such about a good it. movie. Ninja 3 The Domination is directed by Sam Furstenberg. I have
1: to say, though, before we get into this, <laughs> okay, this okay. might be the best movie I've given you. It it's, might be.
0: It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's because it's, it wore out as welcome, it's, but it's pretty it's good. It's so terrible that it's fantastic. He's the ultimate killer. She's the perfect weapon. Ninja 3, the domination. Boogaloo. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say Boogaloo because the actress, uh, what's her name? I got it up here somewhere. The actress who plays Christy, uh, she's the uh, like the, the the main character. Um, she, uh, what's her name? Lucinda Dickey. She actually is best known uh, for a different movie uh, like she was in like this whole string of movies in the 80s uh, called Breakin' and like like breakdancing. And the second Breaking, so Breaking Two, the subtitle was Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. So there we go. It's just all, it's all coming on roses sense. right now. So getting back to this uh, Ninja Three, The Domination, was directed by Sam Furstenberg and quote, written, if you really want to call that writing. <laughs> by James R. Silk or Silka, I don't know. I don't care. A uh, younger brother uh, to
1: George R. R. Martin. I don't know. <laughs> that's not that even no, George
0: that's, R. R. Martin. His real name, I don't know. James R. Uh, so it's a star like I said, Lucinda Diggy as Christy, who is a telephone company worker, also an aerobics lover because I think she teaches aerobics classes. Uh, who gets possessed by a nutball evil ninja? After she tries to help him when he comes stumbling towards her while she's working on a telephone pole. This is all after he killed a whole messload of people at a golf course in Arizona. Now, the interesting thing is that this entire movie was filmed in my backyard, not my literal backyard. Which I but totally knew when I saw it. Glendale, Phoenix. Like, this is where I live. So it's like hilarious. I'm like looking up. Looking up it's South Mountain Police Station, it's the actual South Mountain Police Station. And then when they went to the cemetery, that's the actual cemetery. I've driven past it before. uh So, anyway, it's like
1: I've seen those tombstones that have been mm, torn in half. I'm I've pretty sure that.
0: those were not real tombstones. They just were not. That'd be pretty terrible. So, anyway, over the course of the movie, the evil ninja spirit slowly takes control of her. Uh, and this is usually depicted because something opens up and dry ice and fog starts getting <laughs> shot out with some sort of light. And so part of this is like a bouncer arcade cabinet. Uh, one time it was like the closet. One time it was like the refrigerator. And, and one time it was comes out. like a kitchen cabinet. What's up? And then a ghost sword comes out. and Yeah, and then the ghost sword, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure they made with paper mache. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that was. Well, you can something
1: heavy on that fishing wire, otherwise it'll weigh it down. You can't do that.
0: Now, I'm pretty sure that that the that the sword was actually being telekinetically moved around by okay. some sort of ghost. Pretty sure. So, okay. So, anyway, the ninjas, it gets into her, right? Now, there's some thing. I mean, okay, there's a love sequence, which, whatever. I'm not going to really give, like, a full on, I just want to touch on some things. First of all, In the movie, first of all, is probably not the right phrase, by the way, because I've said like twenty things already. So twenty, first of all, there is this scene. uh, So this is after she immediately gets, or after she gets possessed, and like she's at, she's getting like interrogated by the cops, or at least the ones that survive, because a whole boatload of them got just wrecked by this like ninja this evil ninja a small
1: battalion
0: a battalion (laughs) of cops (laughs) absolutely crazy they were trying to snipe him with shotguns it made perfect sense so he uh so she goes to try to like take her mind off of it because like one of the cops kind of hits on her a bit and she sort of you know blows him off a bit and then she goes and she starts teaching her aerobics class and the cop follows her to the aerobics class which you know the aerobics class is exactly what you think it was because it's a 1984 movie and it's about aerobics. And so you see what you think you see. And like after that class they're walking away from the gym and there's this group of dudes and they all look kind of creepy, especially as one guy uh, and they were lifting weights and they were staring at all the women's asses as they bent, bent over, you know, bent over during their aerobics scene. And like, there's literally like a, like a fricking gang rape scene that's about to happen. Like, it's it it like it's the brightest day. There's like 30 people watching this happen Why, like, a bunch of dudes just like, I mean, take this woman's purse and sort of push her around. I don't know a what bit. else
1: could possibly have been happening. I times.
0: don't understand what was going on right there. And then, like, the only person of the 30 people that are watching this happen in the middle of the freaking street that goes up, including, by the way, a cop who is sitting like the cop the I just police told you officer. was there, police officer didn't do anything about it, was Lucinda Dickey, known as Christy. Uh, in her aerobics gear comes up and she was in sweatpants and like beats him up. Cause that, like the, the evil ninja spirit is given her like the powers of Kung Fu and whatnot. Right. So she's able to do it. And then that's when the guy finally comes up and he's like, you're under arrest. I'm like, wait, why is she under arrest? Because everyone was like, Oh my, what? First they were going to like beat up and do weird, horrible things to the woman. I think, Maybe they were just taking her her purse, I'm not sure, but it made no sense. And then they tried to do the same thing to, to Christy, and then Christy was like, wouldn't have it. And then like she gets arrested for it. Like, you're the worst cop ever. But then the two of them fall in love. So, sure. And they fall in love for reasons I don't particularly understand. Uh, his name is Billy. and that's not and that's fine. Because like, he oh, yells at
1: her and all she really needed was a stern man
0: and to put her in her place. The thing is, the thing is though, Justin, he is really. Really hairy. I mean, like oh, he is so, so hairy. hairy, dude. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, do you remember? Remember when Michael J. Fox put on the the Teen Wolf costume for Teen Wolf? <laughs> like, it's kind of like that. Like, he's got a wife beater shirt on at one point, and like, there's like hair coming no, out. It's like in places. That's, like that. Like I'm like we're both hairy dudes, but we're not even close to that. Like that the, is like some. I mean, Jordan Bennett. Good for you, man. Good for you.
1: He's just sitting there in his whitey tidies wearing his full sweater. And he just looks, <laughs> he looks so rid- really. ridiculous. Oh, just like,
0: oh, that just the aesthetics. It's like we're so used to at this point in time, like everyone waxing and shaving and manscaping. And it did not exist in the, 1984. So the other thing with this is that they have sex. Okay. Because he's like, yeah, let's go get a cup of coffee. And she's like, no, but I do have like a like V8. The V8. And so they go back to their apartment. And for some reason, she she takes a shower and then she comes out and just prances around in her apartment with a towel on. And then she takes the towel off in front of them. And she's got another towel on underneath and a freaking an underwear. And then she changes. And, a, and then, like, she starts drinking a V8. And then she pours it on herself, like, seductively, I think. And then he starts licking it all up and they have sex. And then it's just like, I said, like, V8. <laughs>
1: The most <laughs> aphrodisiac drink item
0: I've ever heard of my just entire life. I said to my wife, I'm like, do we got any ragu? Because this is going to be a <laughs> fun night, you know? Like, what are you doing? It's the stupidest thing. Oh, So, good. apparently, that was like an idea brought up by the actor. I was looking at some trivia for it. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to this. So, while all this is happening, there is this other sort of semi-side story going on. There's, a whole, there's not a whole lot of context given for this movie, by the way. There's a lot of it's just sort of like, there's like really extended <laughs> fight sequences. And changes. So meanwhile, Sho Kasugi, uh, that's an actor who plays Goro Yamada, who is this other ninja who comes to Arizona to stop the evil ninja and to enact in, uh, his own revenge, because only a ninja can kill a ninja. He has an eye patch. That's, that's what I got from that. A good- terrible eye patch it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool it's pretty it looks like you should be putting a coin in the middle of it and like you might get a toy or something out of his mouth it's so strange so anyway the spirit continues to like wrestle control for her and every now and then she tries to do like sudden aerobics to try to help it out but that doesn't work uh they go to this japanese priest or shaman or something that's downtown and i'm like i wonder where this is i wonder if these places exist so i'm like looking up on google maps to see if there's any like like I didn't realize we had a particularly uh, authentic—not that this was a uh, Japanese uh, Japanese subculture in downtown Glendale. Uh, couldn't find anything. Uh, they try to do like something like an exorcism there, sort of, and then she just sort of like flips around on on ropes and chains for some reason. It was really dumb. Uh, and eventually, yada yada yada. There's a showdown at this old temple up in the mountains, and you can find it really easily because it's referred to by its formal name, the Old Temple up in the mountains, uh, which apparently exists. So anyway, yeah, you know, the old temple, yeah, up in the The middle. old temple. Oh, the old temple. I thought it was the new temple down by the lake. It's the old temple up in the mountain. Okay, that makes more sense. So the spirit leaves Christy, and then the good ninja helps her do this somehow. And then the good ninja fights the evil ninja, but he also has to fight a bunch of the other people who were at that temple because they got mind controlled by like glowy effects And somehow the first the evil ninja, like his spirit starts flying around and then it goes back into his old body, which was stolen from the morgue, and and now they fight on the rocks north of Phoenix and then Christy and Billy are apparently in love and but they make the good ninja after he does all the work walk back all the way to the valley after being north of Phoenix, all while the credits roll and uh yeah. There you go. That's Ninja Three, the domination. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. What did I think of it? Um it was amazing. That was a fantastic <laughs> movie. Uh, I have one gripe: is that it went on too long. Like these types of movies, I really like uh, because they're dumb and they're silly. Well, it's and like an hour fifteen. Embarrass stuff. me, but once you hit the forty-five minute mark, uh, probably shouldn't have done that because I, I think, I think the opening fight sequence took forty-five minutes. So, like literally that golf course scene. Took forever. <laughs> oh my god! He just, just kept going. You knew he meant
1: business when he yeah. crushed a golf ball in the sand.
0: Yeah, the hilarious thing is, like, there's no real reason, like, explain for why he wanted to go. Kill he, was a a he was a scientist. He was a scientist. He was a scientist that apparently had like secret service agents like following around. Like, he's a scientist. That's what scientists yeah. have.
1: That's so. how scientists
0: live yeah anyway uh it's it's i mean don't watch this movie like just don't. or watch it with friends or be like me and like this nonsense and watch it and know that it's absolutely terrible and um sort of embarrassed for the way in which uh we treated japanese culture in this movie uh also women, because i think in well, I mean, it's movie. 1984, so that goes without saying, actually. I think in the entire
1: movie, there's probably one bra in the entire movie being used it's It's
0: nuts. It did not look that absolutely nuts, so anyway, it's dumb. It's so dumb. There's two movies that came before it, but they, even though they came before it, they weren't really like this wasn't yeah, really I thought like I was to it. yeah I saw an to it it's just an anthology. It's an anthology. It's an anthology.
1: I was completely lost to that. I didn't know where, where to begin, where to start. You know, without the Ninja 1 and 2 for context, I was completely lost. So bad. So dumb. No, right, so, I, right, I, I didn't right, mind it at all. It was fun. ready for your questions then? No, but go ahead. All right. So why did he say that he arrested her when he arrested her? What was the reason why he arrested her?
0: Why did he arrest her? It's kind of a joke. Her? Why did he arrest her? Hmm. Hmm. I do not recall specifically the answer to this question.
1: He said because could there was it guy, have something? What? There's a there's a I guy was, in his old neighborhood.
0: I was gonna guess. I was gonna guess. Calm down. Sorry. I'm gonna guess. You gotta let me guess. Sorry. There's a guy in his old neighborhood that he need that needed beating up. <laughs> <laughs> what it was
1: that's what it was <sighs> What's question a, two? that's what it was i got it right hey look at that Stole the answer from me so answer. i'm not i'm not giving that one <laughs> You I should half credit because well, I got the second. Time.
0: I got the second half
1: of the sentence. Well, plenty of time but, to make up the rest of this. There's plenty I, questions. I got the second half of the sentence down. Second question: You got one hundred percent. What was the name of the arcade game? And it was Bouncer. Bouncer. Yeah. 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 All right. Next question. Uh, one point five total. How is it possible? And I wrote this one down. So I, I, this is a nice little sense of that. How is it possible for the response time of the police to be at the greatest of all time? Right. The response time of this police is phenomenal. They had helicopters in the air within seconds,
0: right? Justin, six, it's six South six, Mountain six, Police. Do you do you, do you know? You don't know so South Mountain Police.
1: Man. Not only is their response time impeccable, but they are yet so woefully ineffectual in securing their target. So, how is it possible that they could be both punctual and uh? fast reacting yet so awful at completing their job so i'd like you to okay. describe why it's possible. I got this
0: for you i got this for you which you forget justin is that an opening sequence took place where on a golf course uh-huh, what do uh-huh. people like to do in arizona like to play golf so the reason why the response time was so great was because they were already there waiting for their tea times and so all the cars were right there
1: two cops in a uh golf cart and they had a specific code for someone being murdered on a golf course. <laughs> it's a, a five twelve. It must happen so often I, I in Glendale. I totally
0: made a note to myself that I should look up those codes to see if they were legit, and I never did. I totally forgot. I wrote them down. It's,
1: it's, it's like but, this thing where it's uh, like they obviously murder happens so often in golf courses in Glendale. It's it's an epidemic. So it is
0: a oh, dude, man, you don't you don't <laughs> screw around with a person's tea time out here. you know, you start too late, it gets really hot. you got to get those right, early you, tea times. You need that one, okay, okay. um let's see here.
1: What was the name of the company that she worked for?
0: Um I don't recall this I know there was like it was on the freaking, it was on her uh she had like a she drove around in a freaking van. I'm trying mm. to think. It's not like, it's not SRP. It's not Salt River Project. It's not APS because those are our actual. Well, actually, no. Those aren't. Those are our utility companies. I don't know what the hell we have for telephone. Do we even have a telephone company anymore? Hmm. I don't know. I do not know the answer to this question, Justin. Uh, it has telephone in it, though. Uh, sh- sure, because <laughs> they get partial yeah. credit. <laughs> um,
1: I can't give you partial credit for that one. No. Uh, it's called Metro Telephone. Uh, I don't know if you used <laughs> that service when you were. Uh, sure. Well, there is it.
0: Metro PCS. So.
1: Okay, so Metro Telephone. All right. So you are. Let's See here. You have uh, one point so far. I'm not giving full no, points. For the first I'm one getting half credit for the first one.
0: What? All right, next question. No, I got. I got another question. Wait, wait. Didn't I get one right? Mm, what was no. question two? again? Oh yeah, you
1: know, you, you got two because you got bouncer. All yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What was the best death in the entire movie?
0: I know oh, which one was a, my favorite. I,
1: which, by the mean. way, how many throwing stars can that man fit? I, know, I, was like, was... I was wondering,
0: I was wondering, i like, is he like Kenan from freaking League of Legends? He there's, just has them, they just like emerge from his freaking hand.
1: There's only like six in that in that thing in the cave. How do you get like 80 of them to kill all those police officers? So, what was the best death? There's a couple highlights, all right, but what was the best? Okay. One?
0: So, hmm, best death. I mean, there are so, so many. I mean, it's it's hard to tell how many of them are, like, actual deaths. <laughs> have, I'm just going to go through a couple of my faves, and you can tell me whether or not they were. So I don't know if they actually died from this. I don't think they did. But one of the funniest moments, I thought, was when uh, the, the Goro Yamato guy goes into the morgue and, like, Sneaks past, and he sees these two dudes in their scrubs. They're just chilling, and they're just talking. And he's like, come here, come here. And they both get up all tough-like. And I'm like, you're freaking morticians. What are you doing? And they get nice and close to him, and they lean in, and he just conks their two heads together. It's just like the dumbest thing. Old 80s stab. I don't think they're dead. Okay, so the the one of the deaths I really liked is at the funeral when she's firing the arrows. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> and there's the two cops that she's going for. She gets the first guy. Uh, so it's like pick with and something or other. And so the other guy, the second guy, the older dude, uh, he tries. He's like, someone give me a gun. Someone give me a gun. I'm like, I don't understand how you don't have a gun. You're in full dress uniform. Shouldn't you have a gun? But anyway, he's like looking around for a gun. And he goes and he reaches and he tries to grab a gun from somebody else. And so, and so then he steps away. And that dude that he took the gun from gets hit with an arrow and dies. <laughs> like, you jerk. You you jerk. Um, uh,
1: that one was pretty fun, I thought. I'll have to tell you that that's correct because all the deaths are the best deaths. Um, <laughs> my question. two favorite are from the first fight. Uh, one of which, where he throws a, where he shoots a blow dart through the uh, muzzle of a gun and it backfires. Oh, in that's guy. right.
0: And it backfires. I don't yeah. know how that's possible. Oh that's some
1: deadly accuracy that I saw on that one. Also, my other favorite one was the throwing star in the toes and then kicks the throwing he star. Kicks the, the pilot. Yeah. Into the yeah. helicopters. I was just thinking that too. Uh, it's, I mean, that's crazy. I, I, that man's got some, some impressive. I skill. also
0: like, I also like when he's in the water and he's doing like the old like Warner Bros. cartoon, like I'm gonna <laughs> breathe through like a little pipe thing, and then the one cop sees it and he's like, oh, I got you now, and then he just <laughs> fires a needle through it right at the guy. Like, how do you even see him? You don't even know he's there. You're or the breathe
1: when that's in there. Like it doesn't make sense. Well, he's a freaking evil spirit. He can do what he wants. It's uh it was was pretty impressive finally okay oh god more final question i need you to rank this from uh worst uh from worst to best okay acting music the 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 sound the soundtrack and fight sequences so i need you okay
0: so worst to best is acting i think is the worst
1: the best the best acting in the movie the, though
0: was the Black
1: Commissioner was the best acting. No, the all right, best well, acting. It's time for you no, to the, get the best out acting was
0: the love scene. No, it was a love scene. It's, it's pouring V8 onto a person and then licking it up and not being like, What the hell? Like this is this is this like foreplay for vegans? Like, I don't understand. Uh, okay, so anyway, the worst was acting. Uh, the middle was the fight scenes and the best was the music that music i
1: want the soundtrack of it because it's so, so good
0: because
1: it's so bad i just want it so bad it's just so it's good terrible 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 music which makes it that much better um that's absolutely correct i had an actual order to that and you're yeah. absolutely right because the acting I is right, some of the worst acting i've ever seen in so a movie bad. ever i know the uh back the black police officer who like interviews her the first time that she goes in the police office uh like in the department is some of the worst acting i've ever seen in a movie ever it's just phenomenal so uh you get yourself see here one two three uh three three out of five wait one two three
0: nope four, three.
1: i got four yeah four out of six four out of six
0: I got four point five technically because I didn't. get The same. You're so mad because I remembered right. Four out six. Sentence. All
1: right, so uh, that's uh, we're about uh, par for what we normally have. So here we go. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. All right, you ready? New quizzes. I'm. I am ready. All right, what do you got for me? Um, something you
1: mentioned it last week. It doesn't always have to be a movie. You're right. I, I keep on trying mm-hmm, to make a movie. sure Uh, the. Challenge after this week is something that you, I've been telling you you need to read. And so you're going to read it is Fables. All right. So Fables, you can find on Comixology. The first, yeah, the Fables other one is, is uh,
0: Wolf Among Us, right? Yeah. So all yeah, you got to yeah, do well, is watch I'm the first, all you do is read sure. the first
1: one. If you want to read the second one, it's okay. But the first one's really the best one. Uh, okay. From what
0: I've read so far. So Fables. Uh, it's Image Comics, find on Comixology. And there you go. So Fables. Sure. I'm down for that. All right. Okay, uh, since you gave me some anime recently, I have my own source uh, for uh, for bad anime uh, or good anime. So I uh, I I, uh, I consulted my friend uh, Long Lee. <laughs> I, I asked specifically what's like the worst anime, and he gave me a couple options. Uh, one of them was uh, was Papa. Do you, you ever heard of this? No. Yeah, you don't want to watch that one. Uh, I might I'm, I'm I'm I might assign it to you. Uh, but that one's kind of hard. Like they're like six minute episodes. It's kind of weird, but I, instead I'm going to go for one because it's just for ease of access. Cause it's on Netflix and it's a little bit easier to access. And it's called Neo Yokio. Uh, and I would like you to watch the first, say three or four episodes, about 20 minutes a piece or so. I think you can get to get to four. Does Neo. Does this involve the matrix? Neo Yokio. No, but it does involve Jude Law who I hate. So it makes sense. Perfect. I don't know why I hate him. I just hate him yeah sorry dude beautiful man he's an avid he's he's an avid listener of the podcast and gets very upset when i say these neo yokio all right sounds good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so finally we can end this sucker uh it felt like we had a short episode but i'm looking at our clock and it's just like how did we
1: we time just... flies when you're enjoying each other's company my friend but i wasn't all right well anyways, let's
0: finish this up. <laughs> all right so you can find us up on the interweb at lollygaggerco.com i'm also up on twitter at lollygaggerco come say hi come give me an idea on what i can terrorize justin with over the next month or so uh i got some ideas i've been hashing a plan i'm looking forward uh to what's about to i'm 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 gonna make you cry over the next couple months the next like maybe seven weeks or so uh so uh, Justin's doing some stru- well, I don't know. I'm not going to throw it to him because he's just he's just going to say some excuse like, oh, you know, wrestling. Twitch.tv slash <laughs> Uh You can see me there anytime. If you want to watch some World
1: of Warcraft, some Siege or whatever, just anytime. Twitch.tv sure. so, yeah. slash
0: uh, People but, yeah. love watching those 10-year-old games and those 4-year-old games. Yeah. Twitch.tv just <laughs> Are you going to say thank you to people? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Let's say thank you to people. All right. I'm going to start. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Okay. Yeah. I want to thank Ted Danson. Uh, My wife and I have been watching The Good Place, uh, which is an awesome show. Uh, I've been watching it for the past couple of years, and it reminds me of how much of a national treasure that I think Ted Danson actually is, especially now that he's on a comedy again, unlike his very non-funny roles of the past 15 years or so, like CSI and Damages and Becker. So, uh, thanks Ted Danson.
1: I thought Becker was a comedy. Anyways, Uh uh, I would like to thank uh, Wobbly for his fantastic stories he's been giving me lately about uh, his massive defecations and also most recently the story about how he guillotined his penis. So I want to thank you so much for all of these great stories. I'll tell you about it when we're done here. But uh, thank you so much. I don't much even want to know. know. I don't even it's, want to This is so good. <laughs> thank
0: you. I want to thank rational people who realize that counting votes, all votes, is a good thing. So Maricopa County in the state of Arizona, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, good job trying to actually count everyone's vote. Good job. Way to go. Good for you. Thank you
1: also want to thank Alka-Seltzer Chewable uh, uh, Tablets. Um, I get uh, Fat Guy Heartburn from time to time, and you just do a great job of just easing that out for me. So thank you so much, Alka-Seltzer. You're not a sponsor, but, man, you're great.